Hi, and welcome to the HSJ Health Check podcast. I'm your host, Annabelle Collins, and on this episode, I'm joined by Dave West and Ben Clover. This week, we've seen headlines in the national media suggesting the government will be looking to sack NHS managers who don't perform well enough in getting their waiting lists down. Sajid Javid was expected to talk about this in his debut Tory conference speech, and although he didn't go quite this far, he did promise a fundamental and far-reaching reforms. The government has also recently announced what it claims to be the biggest review of NHS leadership in 40 years. We'll be talking more about what this could actually mean for the health service. But first, Dave, you've spent some of this week at the Conservative conference. Um, you've been before in, in non-COVID times. So I was just wondering, how, how did it compare this year? Uh, yeah, I went for a couple of days um, and uh, not terribly different from, from non-COVID times, which obviously you sort of would be controversial with 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 in some respects because the whole debate about well, should we uh, where and how should we still be using uh, masks and more more precautions because of covid but there wasn't mm. there wasn't a lot of that about a certain minority of uh, certainly minority of people taking um particular covid precautions um mm. And yeah, I think there was probably a bit less people there. The conference hall itself was smaller. I think possibly the same the case at, at Labour because they they knew that um, there wouldn't be quite as many as many people coming up this year. And obviously, it was rather uncertain really what what level mm. of restrictions would be in place in September, September, October. And there's going to be mm. some people who just don't don't want to do that sort of sort of thing yet or aren't back up and running for it. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I mean, the people who probably were there were probably quite um, uh, kind of up for it because they. They um, hadn't seen, you know, in many cases hadn't seen each other for, for 18 months or two years and hadn't had all their sort of party conference frolics for 18 months or two years. <laughs> and, you know, a little of it's about it's all about you know why hold a big party conference well it's about getting personal in-person access to the politicians isn't it mm. whether that's for other political people party members or whether it's for charities or lobbyists or for, for companies or for journalists or whoever it's mm. kind of about in-person meeting and stuff and and having a having a chat and a drink and that so yeah people were kind of keen to do that again i think I do have quite a strong memory of the last conference I went to in 2017 when Boris was followed um, by a, a kind of a gang of groupies. I'm not sure he could um, do that anymore with his profile. And it was, of course, also um, Sajid Javid's um, first conference as health secretary. And there was, of course, his main speech. But you also watched him at a fringe event. Um, what did he what did he talk about? Um, he, yeah, he, as you do in your your first um, first outing after a few months, he's he'd just passed a hundred days as health and social care secretary, so he he made a little point about that, and um, he started to outline what he thinks will be his big priorities um and they include um although you know um getting people to really narrow down their priorities as ever is, is quite difficult he's talking about um uh, about so COVID, um, trying to 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 get continue to get the country and the NHS um, through COVID, and he from the outset when he when he took up the post in the early in the summer has been quite a sort of um, you know to the right on this trying to release restrict keen to release restrictions, and he sent out some kind of lines for the for he 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 gave off some sort of lines for the right wing about how he's happy to ignore Sage if he thinks that 
they're wrong, um, which obviously mm. plays well with the, the Telegraph and the Conservative Party conference. It'll be part, you know, a big context for what some of what we'll chat about is party at the Conservative Party conference. You know, you, you, he's going to be the, the politicians are going to be more inclined to give messages that fit with what the Conservatives want, although they're, they're obviously bearing in mind also what the what the country want, but particularly going a bit more towards what Tories want, rather than when they're back at base in their sort of official um, got their ministerial hat on, more so back at, at base in the Department of Health. They're going to be a bit more cautious about this sort of stuff so but yeah so so yeah priority one continuing to get get through uh covid um uh, another priority which he talked about was um, recovering the waiting lists, which I think we've all talked about plenty on mm. this podcast. Um, and the third one that he described, it was reform. Um, and what does he want to reform? Wants to, to reform um, social care, so integration stuff, um, technology, pretty familiar. You know, Hancock was, uh, was kind of number one for the previous mm. house, so Fremont Hancock. Um, and thirdly, um, uh, he's talking about leadership and efficiency, and we'll come on to talk about the yeah. leadership um, and management efficiency kind of review, which he's he's kicked off and which was one of the big announcements there. Should also say he, he he it wasn't sort of in the package of three priorities. He also talked a lot about health inequalities, actually, although the Tories prefer to just apparently have realised they can describe it as health disparities, which sounds a little bit less um, socially unjust. Um, uh, but he's, he, he himself personally was very keen to talk about health inequalities and, and quite, um, you know, spoke quite a lot about that on the various fringe events and in his main speech and fits with this sort of conservative levelling up agenda. So those are the kind of uh, boxes he was looking to, to tick along with a few sort of tidbits around the Around the side. I mean, he did. He 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 did again. Like look into the political kind of right wing audience, and the, the important context for all this is the spending announcement the other week when the the government said they were going to increase tax and um, hold down pensions increases in order to pay for more NHS and social care and to to put the put the cap you know in a few years to put the cap cap in place on social care. Um, and so you know a lot of conservatives and indeed. Even some normal people are uh, quite um, uh, uncomfortable about that because it's going to going to kind of hit their their income and um, and they're thinking, well, what am I really going to get back for it? So there's a demands, you know, vociferous demands from a lot of people, um, conservatives in and they, well, they were in the Commons when it was announced for, you know, you should be getting to getting the NHS to do things for this. You need to give them firm mm -hmm. targets. Don't give them the money if they ain't going to deliver. And so he, 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 I think the leadership review that will come onto is part of the response to that kind of concern. And um, as was, he sort of said something about how we should look to our families and communities before we look to the state for, for, for help. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a bit of a kind of meaningless statement, isn't it? But um, yeah, he said that. Yeah, that really didn't go down very well on Twitter yesterday. Um, a Twitter lot of versus Conservative Party. Yeah. Yes, yes. Make that what you will. But um, did, was there any acknowledgement from him of that it's the context around asking the N NHS to um, find the energy to achieve these far-reaching reforms when, you know, we talk to people working in it often and they're just trying to keep going? And we know so many trusts are are declaring black alerts in like October and have been over the summer and it's just it just seems to me just like crazy timing we're not out of the pandemic but it's time to so kind of sort the NHS out 
Um, yeah, I think, well, I think, you know, there is a, it depends what the reform is, doesn't it? And like, is it really radical and, and upheavally or is it, um, or is it basically just doing what you, we need to do anyway? Um, and uh, I think there's kind of two ways of, of seeing this and including the leadership review at the moment, you know, is um, Javid, as he has kind of stated, like a sort of, um sort of determined reformer and like the time you know there was a time story saying that this leadership review is going to entail like coming in and sacking loads of nhs managers and and that sort of stuff which again is, is a message to the sort of is a sort of nod to the to the right wing who think you know you've got to sort this nhs out don't just give them the money um and um so is all that serious is this really a radical upheaval and reform or basically you know does he just okay yeah he's a serious guy he probably does want to make some changes he doesn't want to do nothing as health secretary um clearly but you know i think he, you know is he actually probably smart enough to know he's not you know he's not going to sort of change the nhs um it, uh, turn the nhs upside down and change it forever i mean if you, if you look at the priorities within the reform thing i mean health and social care integration well but the NHS has been working on that for donkey's years and there's a there's a health and care bill going through as we speak. So like it's not a great surprise. Um, you know, what does it come to? Is it gonna come to some disruptive top-down interventions and that would that perhaps people would be too sort of tired and things to deal with, or is it basically just gonna say, yeah, carry on more of that, please? Um or um and then the other one technology well yeah again i mean the nhs has gone through probably the biggest technological upheaval in terms of access to 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 uh you know remote care it's ever well it's uh, certainly that it's ever seen so you know that's already there really isn't it and it's got to be embedded and um and things like that and in if done properly these things shouldn't tire people out but of course yeah appetite for change is, is going to be really hard uh, uh, over the next few months and years um and then what's the third reform um can't remember but it wasn't sort of it didn't oh well the leadership thing yeah well yeah, i mean we'll yeah, what, yeah we'll come to that yeah so i don't just, think you know sorry go on ben. so just curious though like i know how secretaries always say and i'm sure they do feel kind of like grateful to all the to all the staff Mm. Uh, and I always go, oh yeah, um, very grateful to us. But I just wondered, was there any sort of kind of special acknowledgement that all of the stuff in the NHS pretty much have just been through like the most difficult eighteen months of their yeah. of their careers? Did it? Did it? Was there sort of? I know maybe we wouldn't expect this at a party conference where he's talking to the party mm. faithful, but was there any sort of acknowledgement that like, oh yeah, no, they had it really bad. Well, guys. He, this is this yeah. is like the equivalent of having fought a war. I mean, he did. Yeah, yes, there was. I mean, the, the problem, as you say, is, well, what, you know, can you tell if you really miss sort of how much do you really mean it? Um, but he, I, he, I think it was pretty much the first thing he said in his in his speech on the podium. And that there, of course, they're bearing in mind more than more than in the other sort of fringe sessions. They're bearing in mind they're like this might be on telly and whatnot. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he did sort of demand the standing of a it was kind of interesting. Uh, I forget the exact wording was something like, you know, we must stand to salute to to, to praise these health and social care stuff and so it was kind of forcing a, a standing ovation um for for health and care staff very near the beginning of the speech um now i mean he, apart from that he uh, javid um as actually as compared to, to hancock when he first arrived as health secretary hasn't like gone out of his way to sort of hug nhs staff i think you know in his first week hancock was um you know putting out what i think were personally sort of sort of like 
you know, over overdoing it sort of sickly messages about how much he loved the NHS staff, even though he'd only just arrived. But I mean, but whether whether Javid and his team have sort of taken to heart the message of quite how battered the health workforce staffing are, I don't know. I mean, possibly not, but possibly that's a consequence of the fact he's only sort of come in at the, you know, at, at the less severe end of, of COVID perhaps. But um, yeah, I don't know. Because fundamentally, like, what can he do? <laughs> well, any new health secretary could go like, oh, I'd like to make a big impact and I'd like it to be as big as the Griffiths report uh, reforms 40 years ago and you go like all right well that basically changed it to a manager-led system but at least officially you know it's kind of like so what you're going to reverse that you're going to go back to the, the collective decision making with a lot more uh, devolved powers that basically ended up being dominated by the doctors do you want to basically put the doctors back in charge it was like well i mean you could do that i mean you could or you could say you were doing that um but it would mean that you had a lot less personal control you go like, all right, or well, what other sort of reform could you do? Is that, oh, we can make it much more like a sort of, um, we can make the NHS much more like the university sector where everyone competes with each other, sort of a Lansley style thing. You're like, oh, Christ, no, 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 that looks really, uh, uh, as soon as people go, oh, yeah, we're going to have competition on price between trusts and private entities. People are like, no, what what are you doing? This is privatisation. Deeply unpopular, spend ages unwrapping that. that. So, you kind of, so you go, oh, I'm a health secretary, I want to make an impact. What could I do? It's like, oh, I'm going to wrap myself in the cloak of patient safety. I'll be like, yeah, we're really, I'm really focused on that. And, you know, longstanding issues of patient safety, like in any uh, health system um, in the NHS, you could do the, the hunt thing and be like, oh, I'm all about that. Uh, yeah, he had, if, yeah, these sort of events, you know, what, what events is he presented with? You can, I think Hunt, I did, I think, go to the party conference when Hunt first arrived and he, he named his three priorities and I can't remember what they were, but they weren't safety, um, you know, yeah. but then he realised the Francis report was coming along um, and, you know, so, so, so it's kind of, I suppose, um, as a as a cabinet minister, sort of ability to respond in a, in a, tactical way to, to events and and yeah and like and, and which of those reforms are sort of, of his reforms is kind of still in place kind of kind of is your name consultant like or the name above every bed is that still really a thing considering uh how busy everything's got kind of or you, or you could do the um the Hancock thing and be like I'm all about technology and how that's gonna change everything and I've uh and NHSX has been an unqualified success in um in in pushing that it's like you know everyone's pro patient safety like what are you gonna are you gonna do it or think significant about it like everyone's pro getting more technology and kind of are you gonna do anything significant about it kind of like the the pace of change it's only the event of uh, of covid that really moved the dial on mm. on technology mm. yeah this sort of style and personality won't it that that will make a difference that we don't quite no, yeah, you know, does he really? I don't think he's, he's, he's smart. And, you know, certainly compared to the last few health secretaries, he's brought in uh, political advisors, which are sort of experts in sort of in, in policy, not in health policy, to be honest, but are, are experts in stuff and that have come with him through a lot of his various big departments. So he's, he's very different from the past uh, few health secretaries, probably from most health secretaries uh, that I can think of possibly ever that he served in, you know, two of the big offices of state and he's been a cabinet, he's led five departments and stuff. So, you know, part of you thinks he's just, he's going to be uh, actually smart and has the political incentive to kind of just 
not do too much and and kind of try and get out of health as as soon as possible but you know as some other political watcher said there you can't actually very rare at health the last for quite since the late for a long time now health secretaries have had to have done quite a few years so you can't assume you're going to uh, going to get moved on very quickly and um uh but yeah those are the the things you'll have to toy with and I think we should we should talk about the the leadership review now. We've kind of mentioned it a couple of times, but um, we'll get into the detail. But do you think it it was kind of his kind of brainchild, Dave, or do you think this could could have been something that was already on their on their radar? And this obviously isn't you know we've seen this. We'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but we've seen similar similar things over the last like mm. decade and and beyond. Yeah, did you say who it could have been? Who's who's brainchild? Um, such a jab. It's like, do you? Oh, uh, how, how, was it how already in the pipeline? You, yeah, exactly. Yeah, hmm. I mean, I think that it is probably is as genuinely come out of a new health and social care secretary. Um, you know, coming in and thinking, I've, you know, as we discussed, I've got to do something because the people are, 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 are kind of. Um, going to be really concerned about delivery and the fact that we're spending this money and not necessarily getting much back for it and that there's you know there's a constant perception among particularly on the right but among other people as well that NHS leadership and management isn't great um, you know wrong erroneous perception but of course there is there is variation and you can always do something about it um, uh, and indeed, you know, lots of things are done about it. There's also, you can tell us, Annabelle, there's all sorts of, you know, there's leadership academies and there's mm. leadership schemes and all kinds of things have been put in place over the years to, to, to do something about leadership. The People Plan had stuff about leadership, Dido Harding, um, you know, much um, obviously introduced uh, now, but she actually was fairly smart about it, what I mean, improving NHS leadership and the way that NHS senior managers were kind of bashed about and moved around the system and things like that um uh ron kerr um i think published a leadership review in 2018 that he got landed with mm -hmm. and i don't know everyone said something about bullying but i'm not quite sure what else um then um the law michael the lord rose one um under jeremy hunt which again was kind of largely ridiculed um and and, and so they implemented pretty significantly i mean like without i mean maybe maybe without being like cynical right you're you're become a health secretary you kind of go all right what's the lie of the land here and you go oh actually there's all these things that i don't have direct control over i mm. thought it was i thought it was a massive organization like say the army over which i could issue direct like direct orders and you go oh it's not like that oh well let's have a leadership review and perhaps it could be too cynical of me to go, um, why would you have a leadership review? Could it be because managers are the only tribe, the only part of the NHS that you can attack um, without any consequence? Kind of go, like, oh, we're going to have a big go at doctors. Really? Those are the people who are like the most trusted profession uh, in, the, in the UK and who work harder than... Bite than, back somewhat yeah, more of a... Exactly, and, and have a have a significant... Uh, influences like oh we're going to attack uh, nurses good luck right so oh we're going to attack bureaucrats well who who wouldn't like to see less bureaucrats you go oh so so yeah you can so basically you can attack managers consequence free which is why that is what has always happened like why is this a long held ambition that, that um, something that's been keeping the uh, now health secretary awake in his previous jobs like possibly. Or maybe it's because, in political terms, everyone, 
you kind of go, oh, we're giving all this money to the NHS. Um, oh dear, it is a bit of a black hole, some of our readers think, and lots of our uh, supporters in the Telegraph and stuff think something should be done about this quasi-socialist uh, institution um, with equality of access and freedom of point of views. Um, oh, and then we're giving all this money to the NHS, and now on the front of various newspapers comes news that uh, of just how much the new ICS chairs like not chairs, sorry, the chief execs could get paid. Yeah, that was so bad timing, go, wasn't it? <laughs> oh my God, we need to change the uh, conversation about yeah. government and NHS managers. Yeah. So as Google also complete for our septuagenarian like core voting base doesn't go uh, new health secretary to pay more than the prime minister to a range of bureaucrats to kind of like uh, army to come in to look at bureaucrats in the NHS and so I don't get why it's always the army like kind of kind of I, know, I get that it's a beloved institution amongst kind of core conservative supporters but kind of but you know it doesn't have all that much in common with the NHS kind of get all right there's some hierarchy but it kind of uh well it is quite hierarchical but kind of crucial view in it is is you know there are some some similarities but yeah Wow. Yeah, no, I'm, there, there definitely are some similarities, but it's kind of, but it, but there's not a direct chain of command, but kind of, you know, is it a better analogy would be, would be with the theatre sector where mm. you have the people that actually are supposed to own and manage the theatre, but then you have the actual bit that takes place in the public view, i.e. what the clinicians uh, and the yeah. doctors do, which is far more visible and is the only bit that's really understood by the public. Yeah, I mean, then, I agree. Yeah, it's sort of military or business, isn't it? But the, part of the reason that I think the messenger was asked was he did, he, he, the, the military have been unusually uniquely embedded in NHS leadership-ish over the last, even COVID, because of they did all the sort of um, Nightingale staff and generally helped with oper operational things. I think, you know, there was loads of them at um, Skipton House, I believe. Um, you even might yeah, yeah. I, I went past a fire, fire drill outside and it was staggering how many kind of khaki fatigues there were also there's a long history of like lots of military people going mm, into the nhs general management mm. anyway because uh, as, as has been pointed out in some commentary i think from john redwood actually kind of going well the military has a top heavy uh, management structure anyway which mm. various governments have tried to winnow down and then quite often those people have come to to the nhs but no it's not like there aren't like and he and he he did community testing. He set up community testing. That was involved in the leadership of setting up community testing. Um, Gordon Messenger was, and I mean, talking to some of the people um, who worked with the military and in all these things, said, "Oh, they're you know they're really nice and really good, and they sort of got on and they like to sort of get on and do things, and they're very focused on the you know, the." You can say they're sort of very focused on the on the resources and the kind of straightforward objective, but less focused on the on the kind of in the round outcome. You know, the sort of perhaps perverse consequences and things like that. It's a sort of there is an attitude of like we should be able to deliver something straightforward here, rather than actually you're enmeshed in a in a huge sort of um, complex and uh, mutually sort of interacting system of unpredictable unpredictable system things like that. Yeah, and the army's objectives tend to be quite short term take that hill kill those people kind of like you know it's quite different to <laughs> managing a health system reverse um, centuries of health inequalities and... yeah yeah it's quite it's quite different. i mean it's not like there weren't 30 people they could have got in they could have got john gore or cameron mcintosh and they never they never seem to do it the other way around they never get like you know sir robert naylor to review whether 
those jeeps were properly protected from IEDs in Afghanistan, which interestingly, when there was an inquiry into uh, how comes those jeeps were so vulnerable to the IEDs? What they found was that there was actually no one in overall responsibility for it. No one could be found to take overall blame for this objectively and demonstrably bad oversight in protecting kind of like the staff in the army. So kind of like, so it's not like, it's so not like it's that much board. clearer. After this. And also it's not like the MOD's got anything to teach the NHS about like procurement <laughs> <laughs> or, or top heavy management structures like a like I mentioned already. No, it would be it would be fun to see senior NHS people with a proven delivery track record go into go into the MOD. Yeah, well um, the around. um uh I was gonna say we're on the policy side, you know, yeah, so either they're going to come out with some kind of uh, slightly extreme and wacky kind of rabbit from hat, you know, why don't we just sack every NHS manager who gets rated red or you know whatever I don't know or something disruptive possibly they just listen to you know what the NHS was kind of going to do anyway and maybe shove it along in their sort of preferred direction because the if you think about uh, a lot of NHS managers have been sacked and are sacked uh, mm. you know whether sort of public it's publicly displayed or like that or not um, you know there was the kind of cases with Jeremy Hunt where it was kind of visibly a sort of performance sacking somewhat politically directed but much more commonly you know people are moved on all the time you know of course mm. you just have to look on hsj.co.uk slash leadership um, and um, um to see that lots of people have moved on and at the moment over the last two years it's been an enormous um change in the leadership structure of the of the of nhs providers nhs trusts mm -hmm. in, in my view so don't know if you agree ben but especially it seems in london with people take you know, a, a, a significant policy move to get nhs leaders ones who are thought to be good to run multiple trusts and um uh, to run multiple trusts and kind of run it as a group and stuff like that or you know unofficially yeah. this has never really been written down either the Dalton review which sort of proposed that sort of thing was the last kind of official real policy on it that made it vaguely explicit which was like years and years ago now five years probably um and meanwhile the actual official this is a sort of happening by region especially in london happening done by regions but also others um and so it doesn't if if gordon messenger and 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 then you know work talking to the nhs and you know linda, linda pollard from leeds is is sort of working on this as well you know if they come and say well actually yeah let's have a let's let's um you know try and spread the best leadership and do it you know in a sort of in incrementally and piecemeal but um form bigger organizations and stuff like that then um you know that seems doesn't seem terribly so and people specifically may quite rightly disagree whether it works very well but it, it is happening so if someone wants to recommend it it doesn't seem like the end of the world to me yeah no if you want to if you want to spread the the very um the very top talent on leadership then you could maybe have them like run run organizations across a kind of wide geographic patch and you could pay them kind of perhaps more than they are paid at the moment to 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 run all of oh no hang on no sorry that's um that's 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 a sort of indefensible uh yeah, yes, yeah, yes, bureaucratic yeah. uh yeah. I, mean, I was just looking at the uh, at the rose review um reminding myself of the um of the recommendations around management support uh, one of which was well, three of them um, set minimum term centrally held 
contracts for some VSM subject to assessment and appraisal. Um, that's obviously that's not happened. <laughs> um, and I mean, in cases where it sort of has happened, it's been in the gift of like the regional people who sometimes go and go to this trust, sort it out. We'll give you a minimum like like five years that you won't get moved on in that time. Um, although people have reneged on those deals before, but yeah, that's that's sort of the opposite of the heads on spikes, Jeremy Hunt um, or kind of order. Uh, formally review non-existent well, Ned and CCG lay member activity, including confidence and remuneration. Well, sort of the uh, the end of CCGs has kind of done that. Kind of the you know how effective are NHS Neds. I don't think anyone's kind of done the work to kind of to give you an answer on that. But yeah, like you said, in in London and elsewhere, uh, NEDs are becoming less important than they were. And the weird one was like create NHS wide comment boards, uh, website and support technology to be designed and implemented to share best practice. I mean, there sort of are things like that, but I don't know if like NHSJ comment boards are sort of the main. Well, I, I'll replace for the NHS's leadership community to speak frankly about the challenges it faces um oh yeah i'm sorry i know they also mentioned kind of um the health secretary mentioned kind of bringing in people from from outside the the health sector it's like oh yeah what has traditionally stood in the way of people doing that oh yeah the money like the money from doing it and again i don't think anyone's done the research on like the composition of neds but they definitely are more just just from my own as you travel about the system there definitely are more neds from business and and elsewhere than they used to be and we've had chief execs and they're just like well, some of them are all right and some a lot of some of them like all the like others sort of often seem to get chewed up and spat out again you know i also noticed um i was also just looking at the rose review the mention of changing culture and improving culture and improving morale and I, I was just also reading some of the comments um, below the leadership story. And it's like, well, maybe, maybe, you know, what we really need to do is improve culture and um, transform it. And that that's how we can improve um, efficiency and how we can improve the health service. And it's sort of, it just seems like I've always thought it's really strange that just saying, oh, let's improve, we need to improve culture. is such a like intangible thing because improving culture and improving morale is sort of, dependent mm. on having enough staff and not having rotor gaps yeah. and not charging people for parking and stuff like that. It just feels like there's some really basic things they could do to make the NHS like a modern workplace. Mm. Yeah, it isn't it is really. Lever. It is a bit of a thing of a new, a new what lever is kind of nearest to me? Well, man, the chief execs, you know, rather than what about the other like million people who, who, who work here? Um, yeah, and I mean, notably absent from his, um, I think actually Hancock probably named workforce as pretty much one of his one of his early priorities, and, and clearly does, it's yeah. still still like it it is pretty. I mean, you know, it didn't uh, always talking about this kind of the other day when we Annabelle, but it didn't particularly occur to me in relation to his priorities. But the fact that workforce full stop or staffing, you know, as you might want to call it for the general public, is um, not one of the top priorities actually is is kind of is kind of worrying and i mean you could say well yeah. that's sort of the yeah, maybe yeah, maybe nhs england and he will deal with that it doesn't need his input but that would be the same for nhs leadership so um mm. you know i think actual staffing the fact that's not there is not very heartening when when really we need sort of long-term staffing mm. increase plan 
And I think I think before we finish, just have have either of you <laughs> spoken to anyone in the system about this review? Are people alarmed by it? Do you think, or is it just like kind of water off a duck's back at this well, point? Jill Morgan said she considered chaining herself naked outside um, <laughs> the Department of Health, but only briefly, and has now calmed down a bit. So people are, I think, peeved but unsurprised that a uh, new Conservative Health Secretary uh, decides to make these yeah. kind of uh oh sorry that was about the uh sacking comments wasn't it, it wasn't actually about yes. the existence of the review itself um, no <laughs> but yeah i mean similar sort of rolling of uh rolling of eyeballs and but yeah i don't think it's one in many any there are some yeah i mean as you basically say there are there is a, a a community of um people who you know do think actually there are you know some good really good managers and leaders who are good and think they're good do sometimes want to see uh you know do do realize that actually there is a bell curve distribution of leadership and stuff needs to happen to improve leadership mm. and management and actually it is government's job to hold people to account sometimes so it's not it's not it's not totally absurd it's just a sort of briefing isn't it but then that's mm. politics mm. Absolutely. Well, on that note, um, I think it's time to draw it to a close this week. Thanks both so much for joining me. Um, just a reminder that podcast is available every week on our website and across all main podcast channels. And do subscribe if you haven't already. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week. <laughs>